Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of Sustainable, a podcast on sustainability from an interdisciplinary perspective. I'm your host, Rosalie, and on this show, I interview guests who work professionally or personally in sustainability, and I ask them why they're motivated and what they're doing in their lives to create a more sustainable future. In this episode, my guest is Meg Rutten-Walker, who's a writer, teacher, mom, climate activist, and organizer in the Waterloo region. We talk about why she cares about sustainability, how she became involved in organizing, and how she's navigating the climate crisis. She also has a wonderful WordPress site called A Variety of Meltdowns, where she details the emotions and responses of the climate crisis that many of us experience, and I encourage you to check it out. For instance, she's written about radical vulnerability, no absolution, and necessary conditions for hope. Hope you enjoy the show. The first question that I love to ask for my guests, because I think it's mm-hmm. a commonality between us, is how mm-hmm. you became interested in sustainability and you know whether mm-hmm. it was something that had to happen or out mm-hmm. of interest, right? It, it definitely depends for people. And I know that you're Canadian. I've actually been in the Kitchener area before, so it's nice yeah. to have that sense of place, right? Mm-hmm. That I actually can imagine, you know, yeah, living in Kitchener, you, you organizing there, right? Yeah, especially because I'm so local. And I think yeah. locality is really important. Yeah, so yeah. The most done the first opportunities right yeah yeah Yeah. that's just a a nice thing to see because usually we tend to think bigger and more at meta scales but then we forget we forget how much we can do here in the place where we are yeah yeah Yeah. helps be less overwhelming too right right so for you at least was it has it been a lifelong thing no i think a lot of my life i was just trying to get through i dropped out high school when i was 17 and i didn't go to university till i was Mm -hmm. And so I started late. I was a late bloomer. And yeah. I've spent the last, until I was about 22 to 32, 10 years as an academic. Right. And it wasn't until I had, I mean, I always cared about the environment. I remember being about eight years old and worrying about climate change. I was always worried about that, but it kind of took a backseat to my own survival. Yeah. And then I had my son. Mm-hmm. And then I felt really connected to the future in a way that I never was before, yeah. not for myself. Right. And it was, I had to do it. Yeah. I had to do what I do because yeah. it's for him and I need I could not look at him physically, knowing what I knew right. and not doing anything. It really comes out of my, my child is the focus for my environmentalism. It's gotten bigger since then, but I didn't want him to live in a world that was this unjust. Yeah. It really hurt me to think right. that I didn't deal with that. Yeah. So. I think when we talk about long-term thinking, mm-hmm. you know, it's usually in the abstract. It's usually yeah. a hypothetical child, have the hypothetical grandkids, you know, it's mm-hmm. all in your mind. And unless you have kids, which I don't, right? But unless you mm-hmm. have kids, it's not a tangible. They make it concrete in a way that it, you can be connected to the future. Otherwise, it's like a shot through the, the soul. I could not. Yeah. I could not abide the way the world was. Like right. That. And then so once you started realizing that and you've, you felt so strongly about that, mm-hmm. did you immediately start going into organizing? Like, how did that happen? I had to go through a, a cycle of grief. Yeah. And it took me, I mean, I had him in 2014. I became an activist about that time, but I didn't start yeah. going out to things until about 2015. Right. And then I just started to show up for things. And in about late yeah. 2017, that's when I started organizing. I started showing up. I couldn't just participate. I wanted yeah. to have some say in yeah. this course. I wanted to cooperate with people, but I also wanted to do the work. So I just started to show up. Yeah. I really friendly and talk yeah. to people. And, and honestly, the showing up is I'll, I'll, the hardest part for me, at least. That is the hardest part. Yeah. And I think most people share that sentiment. How would you tell someone who's interested in organizing? Yeah. You know, how, how do you communicate to them that really the first step is showing up? I get asked this a lot. 
yeah. they say to me, how did you do it? I said, I was just consistently epping. Yeah. And I talked to people and it's, it's a big part of my job, just knowing people. Yeah. And, and just being able to make those community connections and social right. connections. And I'm an introvert. Yeah, me too. So right. I really wanted to do it. Yeah. I really needed to do it. Um, yeah. But just be consistent. You know that you are, show that you care a lot. Yeah. Most community organizers, most people that care about these sort of things, yeah. they want the help. Right. They want right. the help so bad because it's exhausting and there's not enough of us that do it. Yeah. Uh, and maybe the way that you can contribute is not the most heroic way. Yeah. Yeah. But small things count. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everything you do counts so just yeah. show up and, and let people know that you're willing to right I wonder too you know you're you're from the area you, you've talked about locality right yeah. um at least for me it's hard for me to actually feel that I have a sense of place anywhere because I you know for a lot of people just move all the time and I would know, like that too yeah yeah and so it's hard to feel attached to a place but I want to organize right and not, you know, not everyone has to organize locally, right? But th- that's what I wanted to clarify, yeah. too, is just that there are different types of organizing. And, there is. Right? Um, yeah, not yeah. everybody do the same thing. We need all yeah. kinds of the level. Yeah. And I've lived here. I've lived here for grad school when oh, I was 27. So yeah. Years. Right, right. And it didn't, I didn't start to do it until I was well into my 30s. So, right. yeah, it's hard because especially as a student, I think a lot of young people, students yeah. don't feel settled. And you don't right. need to feel settled. Yeah. But just go out to the in the place where you live in this for a year right. and try to make those connections. And even connections that you aren't necessarily sure are going to help mm-hmm. you or, or mm-hmm. go anywhere, yeah. just make them. You never know what things are going to grow out of the seed. Yeah. I think uh, building connections online, right, yeah. especially now, is a lot different. And the, the difference, too, is, you know, everyone in business and, and within, you know, corporate worlds, they talk about networking and not even yeah. beyond corporate, but just like networking, which yeah. is completely different than organizing. It is. I was, right. Yeah. Can um, you elaborate on that? Organizing is, is making connections so that you can help and get yeah. help. It's more community-based. I think yeah. it's more love-based. It's not based on what you can get from someone else. It's mm-hmm. based on what you can all do together. Yeah. And I was never comfortable with networking, but the vulnerability of organizing, the vulnerability of making those community connections, yeah because I'm a deeply earnest person and yeah. I'm into it, it's different. And I, I think it's the vulnerability where I think yeah. working is, it's, it's about power again, right? Uh, where you have to sort of go out there with your whole heart on the yeah. sleeve, that's how I do it, and, and say, hey, can I help? I'm terrified of climate change. Right. Please right. let me help you, right? And I, how can we help each other? Yeah, I think in terms of personality, I, I sense a lot of similarities between us, you know, yeah. that earnesty, that honesty, yeah. the, the care and the love is first and foremost. Yeah. I have nothing without that. No reason to not let that show. There's no reason to not let that lead your life, right? Yeah, I mean, I haven't always been like this, but I've stopped caring. I'm not competitive anymore. I try right. not to be competitive. You know, I know who I am now at yeah. my ripe old age. And yeah, no, I can do this. I care. I'm a yeah. mom. So. Right. My other question was actually, what motivates and inspires you? And, you know, we've talked about you being a mom, yeah. and that's obviously the biggest factor, right? You know, related to that, I have a question on what values are the most important. So, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about these kinds of questions, what can, what can you think of that motivates, inspires you? I love other women. I love hanging yeah. out with other women. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and I just remember being able to roam around the countryside yeah. and, you know, look at the tadpoles. I, I have a very fundamental love of them and yeah. earth and animals. If you strip away everything, if you strip absolutely everything away, um, and especially in the face of the climate crisis, what really matters? What are you going to find the joy in? Mm-hmm. Right? And it's going to be love. It's going to be the, the, the simple things all around yeah. you. And I saw somebody say the other day, and I don't remember who it was, so mm-hmm. please don't attribute this quote to me, is enjoy the, <laughs> enjoy the simple things because there's more yeah. of them. Yeah. And to be able to find joy, 
where I can find it. And I find that, I mean, I, think, I just, my, where I am in my life is not anywhere I thought I would be. Yeah. I am very happy living the way I do and not stepping on someone else. Right. In order to be here. Yeah. So yeah. the way that I'm happiest with myself and the way that I'm happiest to know around me is how I can help other people because mm -hmm. why the hell else over here? Right. You know? Yeah. I think, I mean, the, the key thing that you mentioned right now is not stepping on other people. The concept of exploitation and whether it's direct, indir indirect exploitation, but just the concept mm -hmm. of exploitation is so key and it's definitely not discussed as much. I love other people. I don't want anything to do with any environmentalism that is about hurting other people. Yeah. Because that's how we got here. Exactly. Aside from the fact that I find it immoral, yeah. it's bad for our existence. It's yeah. our own selfishness and desire to mm -hmm. exploit. Yeah. I don't think it's in human nature, but I think we've been learned. Like it's yeah. learned part of our systems. Right. Um, it's bad for us. Yeah. It's going to get us all killed. Yeah. So aside from the fact that I don't like it, it's, it's not good living on the planet. Right. In order to sustain us. I'm a white person. I'm a mm -hmm. white woman. And just because mm -hmm. I'm a woman, I'm still very adjacent to power as a white woman. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to exploit other people. And yeah. I want to be very, very conscious of yeah. my own fem feminism and how I can support women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people who have been exploited. Yep. We have to do the work of decolonization yeah. and yeah. supporting people who have been marginalized. I'm right. in Canada. Yeah. These, these ongoing genocide against indigenous yeah. communities here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be it's, uh, complicit. Yeah. I think the complicity, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. I'm just a line and I'm not going to do that. Right. Nothing will ever get better if we're not willing to do the uncomfortable, uncomfortable yeah. work of recognizing that right. we have deep exploitation. Yeah. Yeah, it's historical consciousness, right? It's learning all of history, recognizing that whoever wrote the history in the first place is yeah. usually the colonizer, the oppressor, yeah. right? Yeah, um, and I was raised by a historian. Yeah, my dad, and, and I grew up learning about the Holocaust. I've always been really aware of how cruel people can be and right. how awful it can be. Um, but he was also, despite the fact that I loved him, he was very much, he had a very much a, a colonizer mindset. Yeah, yeah. Right, and yeah. he very much didn't understand the ways in which Canada came about. Right. So I grew up very much being with that man, but also thinking, what? Are you mm -hmm. I don't know. So I always had this sort of monolith. Yeah. I was always arguing with somebody throughout my right. entire childhood, even just in my head. Yeah. Um, especially because he was, he had a lot of problems and I've always been pushing up against that power structure. Right. Right. And I think the connections that you make through your pieces between trauma and just the climate experience and the climate change, that, that's not something that's talked about enough, right? It's not, and I'm not a therapist, but I, I've been through it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, uh, having, having realized how late we are to getting at all addressed, yeah. it was traumatic. And I read this piece, it's a scientific, from 2004, it's a scientific mm -hmm. article about how trauma makes, our, makes us feel like our, our futures are foreshortened. Gotcha. And it made sense to me because that's how I felt most of my life, because I didn't yeah. expect to be very long. Uh, yeah. So, because I did, almost didn't make it up to me. Right. I almost died when I was 16. My dad was. And, and so realizing that um, most of my life, I haven't been trying to connect to the future because I always thought I was going to die young. Yeah. And then having felt safe for the first time and having my son and then realizing that climate change really what it is. Yeah. It was another trauma, right? And yeah. we're all going through that trauma right now. Mm -hmm. Realizing that the world we thought it was yeah. isn't what it's going to be. Right. And I think a lot of people who are struggling and don't see a future for themselves, for whatever reason, um, it's more trauma and I, yeah. I get it. I it's grief, it. right? It is it's it's a horrible sense of grief. And, and yeah. it's just, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard for people. Yeah. And yeah. I try to hold space for them because I've right. gone through a lot yeah. of it. Yeah. But it's still hard to watch and I get really triggered right. all the time. Yeah, yeah. So.
and I am sh- like the having traumatic experiences only makes you more empathic towards other people who've gone through something like that. You know, it helps to have other people who are also worried, yeah, and that can support you, right, and and know how to to take your grief without internalizing it and yeah. not internalizing things. Something I've learned since um, I become an organizer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because people will come to cl- organizing spaces yeah. or climate uh, organizing meetings, and they will bring their whole selves with them. Right, and that is not always a. Sometimes it's dangerous yeah. for other people who have trauma. Figuring out how to deal with that and yeah. not internalize it has been not easy for me. Yeah, but it's been a journey. Right, and that's that's a nuance of organizing that I've never thought about before. When other yeah. people are bringing them their whole selves, which is mm-hmm. you know. Better than not bringing any of themselves, yeah, right? Yeah, they need, yeah. But they also come in and say, we're all going to die. And yeah. I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Right. Well, first of all, none of, none of us know that. None yeah. of us know what the future's going to be. We know yeah. the climate impacts. But people are afraid. And it's easier for them to come into a meeting, even though they want to help, and say, ah, we're all going to yeah. die. Um, then you sort of sit back and be quiet and listen. Right. And, and, and sit with that uncertainty. Yeah. So I have a lot of sympathy for it. But also right. sometimes when somebody yells that, that it's happened in the middle of an yeah. organizing meeting, everyone's just like, ah, it's chaos. It doesn't <laughs> help. It doesn't help. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We're all scared. So yeah. understanding trauma, my own trauma, my own, my own power mm-hmm. over people around me. The listening mm-hmm. is incredibly difficult and not a lot of people know how to do it well. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, because we all want to talk. And I'm a talker. <laughs> but... I think also because there are a lot of different personalities in organizing yeah. spaces and you got to pick the battles. you got to pick the disagreements that work, that are, that are productive. And there's very little room for ego in my mind yeah. in, in organizing spaces because we should all have a collective goal. Mm-hmm. I just want things to be better. Yeah. And, yeah. and so knowing what your priorities are, is it your ego yeah. or is it the actual other people on the planet? It's people, right? Yeah. 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 For me, so, I mean, um, when I, when I think of sustainability, to me, it's really, human, planetary, well-being, health, mm-hmm. how you want to frame it, but it's yep. people and planet. You can't have one without the other yeah. sustainably and happy, right? Something I want to touch on, you know, we've t- we talked a lot about the absolution, right? Yes. I definitely was a nihilist for a, it seems like the same line of thinking with people is, that yeah. are giving up, but that absolution, that sense of absolution or, or dealing with responsibility, Mm-hmm. opposed to absol- absolution. Yeah. When did that start being something that you were thinking about? I mean, it's probably the last couple of years, and it's, I engage with people who say it's too late. And saying that everything's going to be fine and saying everything is totally lost, is they're both, they're both coping mechanisms. And yeah. if you look at the work of Renee Lertzman, which is huge about this, and, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to cheerlead people into, into thinking everything's okay because yeah. they're sure they're not. Right. But you also want them to abdicate the responsibility mm-hmm. that we have. And as a white person in the global north, you don't get to decide that it's too late. No. <laughs> you know, and it, part of it is this intense fear that you're going to have to live like people in the global south. Yeah. So it's this sort of already racist fear. Mm-hmm. But also, you don't get to have benefited yeah. from generations of colonialism. Yeah. And then, and then say, no. Right, right. I don't know what the future is going to be. We live on a damaged planet. We have to take responsibility yeah. for that. And if yeah. we don't, we're not going to be able to do anything right. about it. Right, right. And so I think that absolution works both ways and it's like oh it doesn't matter what we do yeah it's gonna be fine this is how yeah. it should be and also it doesn't matter what we do mm-hmm. because it's too late and right the fact of the matter is everything we do means something yeah every, every action we take means something right. and that's a lot yeah that's yeah. a lot of responsibility that's yeah. a lot of, of pressure mm-hmm. but it's what it is yeah and i think that ties into thinking about systems and understanding that all actions are part of a system a lot of people yeah. don't don't understand that it's all actual no. individual actions that 
yeah. create the system. But that, that's definitely part of it too. I was recently listening to just an interview between Daniel Christian Wall and Dennis Meadows that just came out. In the beginning of the conversation, they were talking about Dennis Meadows was saying that we should not be focusing on whatever sustainable utopia we thought we were going to ever achieve. You know, that's yeah. just not realistic anymore. No. It's difficult to actually grasp that and come to terms with it and accept it and deal with the grief that comes with yeah. giving up a utopia. It's right? the end of progress. Things are not yeah. just going to get better. It's mm -hmm. not the natural arc of history does not bend towards justice. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And in thinking that, especially somebody who's, who's privileged, yeah. as I have been, yeah. and it's just like, oh, I don't deserve anything that I have. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. like everything's going to get better for everybody. And right. recognizing that there's nothing natural about progress or yeah. necessary. You know, That's just something we've better. accepted as the normal. And that was really hard for me because I grew up with a sense of progress. Like, yes, mm -hmm. things can get better. That's part of the reason why I had my son is like, oh, yeah. maybe we're in a better trajectory. Yeah. And then, no. <laughs> right. Um, right. So, no, I think that's hard. I think part of what really helped me think about a lot of, especially systems thinking, yeah. and move less away, more away from um, personal action mm -hmm. and, and understanding uncertainty and vulnerability yeah. Uh, and Emergence is really huge is Beth Salen. Yeah. Yes. And okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I follow her on Twitter. Yeah, she works for Climate Interactive. Mm -hmm. um, and she's one of the most generous, lovely people. And she really knows the science. She, she's yeah. a multi-solver systems thinker. Mm -hmm. And she's really helped me. I've learned a lot from her. Yeah. Um, just about how it's okay. It, it's okay to be uncertain because we don't know. Yeah. We don't know yeah. how this is all going to turn out. We don't know what it's going to look right. like after. And if we... If we do everything right, we're not going to look like mm -hmm. ourselves anymore. And so she helped me understand that and really sort of right. my discomfort yeah. rather than the, reject it. Yeah. There are these concepts within systems thinking. Things like complexity theory, wicked yeah. problems, all that yeah. uncertainty. Like that's at the core, I think, of what it is. Um, mm -hmm. Wicked problems. And, and there's discussions around black swan events, green swan events, things like that. Yes. Right? Where even if you think it's going to work and it's, you know, you think something's going to happen, you can't predict it in the you same way you can predict other things, right? And trying to make a model of it. I think that climate change is too big a picture for us all to be able to hold in our head as yeah. individuals at one yeah. time. And so when you recognize that it's too big for you, just you, and too big for yourself yeah. to comprehend it and to act on alone, you recognize that it has so many moving parts and those other parts are also people. Yeah. And you have to be vulnerable and open to change and relying right. on other people. Yeah. And if you're not, if you're not comfortable with that, I, I like to know things will be fine. Yeah. And you can't, you yeah. have to be vulnerable. Right. That radical vulnerability. I think yeah. when I had my son, I recognized my own vulnerability for the first time. And he's the person in my life. Mm -hmm. who I cannot live without. If he's not yeah. in the world. I don't want to be here. And yeah. that's just flat out the way it is. Right. Um, that's the moment I realized I needed other people more than perhaps. Yeah. Before. Right. Yeah. And I think, when you see pessimists, and I'm not, I'm not going to cheerlead anybody out of their pessimism. Yeah. I'm a pessimist sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a moment, right? Um, right. When you see people are pessimistic, it's, it's because they don't, I don't, and I don't blame them, but they're not, they don't trust other people. Mm -hmm. And I focus on people because I think systems, we all want to believe the system works for us. We all want yeah. the system to work, but it doesn't. But if you can reach out to other people, so if it's a bottom up rather than a top right. down, right. we can make a big change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We can change the system so that it benefits more people. Yeah. Um, but the system itself, um, we need government. It cannot just yeah. be static. It has to mm -hmm. be changing and, and working for as many people yeah. as possible. Yeah. You have to be vulnerable to yeah. other people. Yeah. And, and, and the vulnerability is something that I want to explore. Hard. Yeah, it is hard. And, yeah. you know, you, you've mentioned being vulnerable in organizing spaces, yeah. right? 
beyond the vulnerability within the organizing spaces, mm-hmm. right? Vulnerability in life, you know, juggling and balancing vulnerability yeah. with also just having some kind of armor. Yeah. Right? You, you can't be completely vulnerable, but then you can't be, you can't have a wall around you yeah. either. So, yeah. So it's, it's a way that you let yourself be permeable, like let yeah. parts in, right? And so, yeah. and I actually have a really hard time. Just, there's no filter no. between no. me and the world. Um, yeah. Great, Gary Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie Fisher quote about how, depending on the day, I'm more or less vulnerable to everything around me, yeah. right? And it doesn't matter what's out there, it's about my own state of being. And so some days, and some days I'm just, everything gets in. Everything. Mm-hmm. Not covering myself in our yeah. life, but allowing for... Um, it's like the two sides of the sponge, you know, the one yeah. side that is permeable the and the other scrubbies. Part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is exactly what it is, right? Yeah, it's, so, so being able to protect yourself, but also uh, keeping yourself open. Yeah, yeah. I'm still learning this stuff. It's, it's been a journey in the last yeah. five years. Right. Yeah. But, you know, learning it is better than the alternative, right? Yeah, and you close yeah. yourself off, and that's when you can't do the work. Yeah. There are a lot of people that actually, you know, they're just not interested in thinking about injustice, thinking about oh. exploitation or historical consciousness. They're just not interested in it. Mm-hmm. That's an actual concrete dilemma that, we should be come up against a lot of that. Yeah, I'm interested to hear about that because I don't. I it's really hard to navigate that. I mean, I just I think you have to be. It's one of those things I'm uncompromising about. Yeah. And so sometimes in activist spaces, somebody will say, and it's always a white man. Um, but I think it's a there's a demographic problem there, and white women too. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna absolve myself of that. <laughs> they say, well, we need everybody on board. Yeah. They say they'll come to a board and organizing meeting, and uh, we have been trying to focus very much in like climate circles and the organizing circles on justice, mm-hmm. especially as most of us are settlers on yeah. stolen indigenous land. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and we've been really saying we have to go to Black Lives Matter protests if we're right. going to do this. We have to go support indigenous um, protests. Yeah. But there's always the one guy mm-hmm. who says we can't, we have to get everybody on board. Isn't talking about justice, but do marginalized gotcha. stuff. And implicit behind this is that we need the racists as though the planet were mostly white, which it's not. We don't need the racists. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just they're because, just so loud. They're so loud. <laughs> it's all about them feeling marginalized mm-hmm. and, and suddenly um, a loss of privilege feels like a threat to them. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think we should be kind as possible. And we shouldn't be right. kind at the point of our own harm. But yeah. we don't need the racists. We need yeah. to teach these people that they're not threatened. They can work yeah. communally and, and still have a voice. Yeah. And, and it's not just about, it's, it's, a, it's a product of white supremacy. And mm-hmm. It's something that we have to deal with. And we're, we're yeah. coming up against that as much as anything in yeah. organizing spaces. This, this reminds me of just the conversation that was between Emily, who writes Heated, and yeah, Emily, yeah, um, sh- with John Kasich. Mm-hmm. And it was Jamie Margolin. So them three. Yes. And Emily was yeah. moderating. I saw that interview. Yeah. Did you see it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, the whole time Kasich was talking yeah. that we have to focus on our similarities. You know, th- th- this is the same thing that I'm sensing, is this yeah. theme yes. of, yes, don't, don't talk about the difficult tensions, because it is just much easier to keep focusing on the small things that we do agree on. Mm-hmm. Like, like a narrow band. Right. You know? I-, I think at the end of, you know, the conversation, um, Emily wrote in her recap, right, that they ended up just saying something like, yeah, we think X is a human right, or water is a human right. And it's just like, that's not what we're talking Nothing. about. No, yeah, yeah, we can agree on that. 
that's the bare minimum, right? That is it literally is. the bare minimum. And that's not good. That's not productive. Yeah. We need productive tension. Yeah. And I think because people are so afraid of climate change right now, mm -hmm. and I mean, I'm terrified of it. Yeah. Um, and especially white people and suddenly we're threatened. Uh, they just yeah. want all, they, they just want to fix it. They want to go like from A to B and it's fixed and we don't have to yeah. worry about it. Yeah. And that is not going to, that's not right. how it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, because it's a product of colonialism, yeah. and you know racism and white supremacy yeah. and all that stuff, and so they just want to simplify it. Right. The problem is too complex for that. It's yeah. really simple, but also very complicated. Yeah. And if you flatten it, yeah, you're not going to fix it. Right. Right. And I, so go ahead. No, I was just thinking about. I don't know who the quote is by, so I don't want to attribute it uh, mm -hmm. poorly. But just that the past is a living thing, mm -hmm. and we owe it. We do. We do owe the past. So that is, I think, a key tension that I think most people are on the fence about, is that the past is the past. You know, on one side, the past is the past. Don't ever acknowledge it. We can't do better if we don't address it. Right. Otherwise, we're trudging along, paving a future. Doing the same thing. Doing what? Doing the same harm yeah. over and over again. Yeah. And I think, again, because people are afraid of climate change, when you disagree with a big climate scientist yeah. about what justice looks like, mm -hmm. And people are like, no, we're all on the same side, be quiet. Like, no, we're not all on the same side. Yeah. Stop trying to flatten yeah. that narrative. Yeah. I, I'm not especially, I don't like to be led. Yeah. I'm happy to cooperate, but if, 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 if a white right. man sits down in front of me and says, well, you should do what I do because yeah. I say, no, we need more than one leader. And we have, there's no place for a white savior to yeah. and, and, and yeah, you know, it's, it's not that simple. It's, and it's, uh, it's too late to, to avoid climate change. Yeah, the, the white savior complex, right? That yeah. white savior thing. It's tough because I think I'm getting a sense of it in terms of the global north, global south narrative. The white savior of the global north. Yes. Um, trying to say what's best for the global I south. I America. Yeah. Um, not living in America. Yeah. Um, it, I, I mean, I'm adjacent enough to it. Yeah. But watching America say we have to have the leadership to do it. It's just that individualism that yeah america right has to the savior america america's the only one that can yeah do i don't know if you heard about like this is something that i grew up hearing i i am an american too yeah. right my parents are chinese but i was born yeah, in the no, u.s I, I right yeah, yeah I and as a kid there yeah. was a narrative that america was like the global police and <laughs> i mean and now you know with the prison system the way that it is you know that's a whole nother conversation yeah. but that still rings in my head as america yeah. being a, some a, some kind of form of police that they just created a construct on their own that they have to police every world other high country ground, in the world democracy yeah blah, blah, blah. yeah um, yeah i lived in the states for a while i, lived mm -hmm. I got married when i was 19. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they think it's the american exceptionalism and it's, yeah it, it's funny to me still Mm -hmm. No, um, yeah. even if America fixes all its emissions, it's still, yeah. it's, it's, it's the yeah. same, right? It's, it's only one, the, the problem is so big that there is no one size fits all anything. Yeah, right. And I think it's really scary for people that the problem's that big, but I try yeah. to think in, in terms of systems thinking, like yes. this one, it makes the thing easier, right? Yeah, and yeah. If we, if we hum at them all at the same time, so people, uh, capitalists will say, oh, they want yeah. the revolution first. Mm -hmm. No, these things can happen at the same time. Yeah. It's called dual yeah. power, right? You can They're not mutually exclusive things. things. No, <laughs> right? So you can have really, and you know, and revolution doesn't necessarily have to look like we're storming the best. Yeah, yeah. You know, it can be, it can look like a lot of other things. And I am mm -hmm. insistent that whatever we need going on, going in the yeah. future, what the world's going to look like, it's not going to look like it did before. Yeah. What we need, we haven't seen yeah. yet. Yeah. So while I think we can use different parts like Marxism mm -hmm. and everything mm -hmm. else. It doesn't exist yet in the form that- It doesn't that exist. We haven't seen it. Yeah. 
you exactly. have to create it. And that in and yeah. of itself is terrifying, especially yeah. to people who are white like me, mm -hmm. um, uh, to go to a totally different world where they're not perhaps, as, they're, they're not as adjacent to power. Yeah. I think, so we keep talking about, about power and, you know, we, we've talked about how we don't know what the future looks like yeah. um, and the solutions are very messy, but a core part of it is empowerment for yeah. the people that do not have it, right? That yeah. is just what it is, redistributing yeah. that power. And that's how we, ha I mean, if, if, the, if we cared enough about collectively, if America mm -hmm. and all of these uh, colonized states cared yeah. enough about Africa, yeah. we would not be in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. we cared enough about the most marginalized among us, yeah. we would not be in the situation that we're in. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. We need to lift all boats. Yeah. We need yeah. to bring everybody up. And mm -hmm. the most marginalized people are protected, the better off we all are. And yeah. more people recognize that. Yeah, I think there's, it, it, there's a sense when I was growing up that any injustice was just a product yeah. that had to happen. And that was, it was just something that we had to painfully accept. Right. It was a sacrifice for progress in yeah. some way, right? Yeah. Especially yeah. for especially for people in you know North America. Yeah. Even if it wasn't explicitly said and repeated, yes. that was an unspoken or spoken yes. assumption mm -hmm. that exploitation was somehow it was a way of the world, yeah. right? And at some point, you know, I, I mean, there have always been people that have been against that, right? Yes. Um, it's not a new thing. This is a no. historical fight. Right. Just because I'm here now doesn't mean yeah. it hasn't been happening this whole time, right? right. There have been times in my life where I have been really, um, I've not looked at it. Yeah. Um, or I've been just kind of, I was nihilistic. What are you going to do? Right, um, right. And I think, I'm, I refuse to do that now. I refuse yeah. to accept. And it's, and it's painful, but I just right. refuse. But I mean, I think it's courageous. I think it's like an actual sign of bravery that I never would have attributed to myself. Yeah, As someone yeah. who's being courageous and brave. But I think by saying these things out loud mm -hmm. at least as a first step it's shockingly <laughs> hard to say it i mean yeah. the implicitness of it yeah um, and and it's it, that it's novel that we shouldn't be exploiting people it it, it, it is it yeah. is and yeah. the moment you start to say it the moment you start to express it it becomes yeah. less taboo and it right. becomes possible we can speak possibilities into being yeah. by looking at things and by just saying no yeah. i will not hurt people anymore right no we need to treat this planet better yeah you know, i'm terrified of climate change and i think right. talking about it to people i mean when i started to work on this my family was because i was intense yeah I, I admit it and i was terrified and i was having meltdowns yeah um, but i needed to tell them i'm terrified of this yeah and i'm not going to ignore it right um, and i and it it helped but it, mm -hmm. you know it also helped get people on board and i think yeah. that we've spent too much time just pretending that we're not afraid and i yeah. think we have to admit we're afraid yeah. when was that period that you were starting to oh. first realize you said 2014 2015 yeah, was it around then yeah it's in my blog at one point i remember okay living with my partner's family yeah and and my son was maybe he was he was born in march so he was like little he was just yeah. yeah um and i remember sitting there and, and somebody mentioned something about fresh water running out mm -hmm. and i just was like i said i'm terrified yeah so not, i can't talk about this right now i'm absolutely right. terrified yeah and my mother-in-law who's very sweet yeah. Um, she said, well, you know, we never know that the earth's going to regenerate in some way. And I said, no, it's not. It's up to us. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think, I think people assume that things will be better. Things, yeah. you know, something will happen and we'll be okay. Right. And it's not true. I'm yeah. sorry. And it's terrifying, yeah. but it's not Yeah. True. I mean, it's like in 
my earth science and most people that go through any kind of introductory earth science class, even in high school, mm -hmm. you learn mm -hmm. about succession. I mean, even in biology, you learn about primary yeah. succession, secondary succession. I think there's an idea that somehow if we, if we just run everything to the ground, metaphorically yeah. and physically, right? Yeah. That somehow like just, it'll immediately, if not immediately, but just appear. Yeah. Just, just by the beauty of the earth. And in mm -hmm. some cases that is true, but to just yeah. apply that, globally and just say no matter what we do sometime in the future it'll just all get back to, to the way it is not on human time scale <laughs> exactly you know, not on the human time scale realize. um and also uh, we're going to lose so much and it's another way to not have responsibility for where yeah. you live and yeah. how you live and, and the world around right. you and if we're going to talk about how humans have been such a big had such a big impact on yeah. the earth we also have to talk about how we how we can change that mm -hmm. how can we have such a big impact on yeah. the earth um and it's just like the responsibility is huge. You don't get to see yeah. this out. At least for me, um, it always goes back to, oh, so like, oh, we have to do individual things. Like that's mm -hmm. what we need to focus on because mm -hmm. that's what I can think of tangibly, like as it's having an effect. Do, yeah. It's the first thing you can think of, but I, it's definitely not something that should just constantly be repeated as, no. you know, you need to do X, Y, and Z, right? And I think mm -hmm. that's uh, um, part of that system's thinking is that, Yes, individual actions make up a system, but that's a lot of individual actions. It is, and your know, charity yeah. doesn't doesn't take the place of uh, of a proper welfare state, yeah. right? You can yeah. give of yourself as much as possible, but you also have to create a culture right. of giving and reciprocity. And I think it scares people because we're on a very short timeline, yeah. And because we ha we think of it in binaries, right? Um, either Earth, we're fine, or we're not that fine. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, is we're already in Earth. Yeah. Just as an anecdote, when we're th you know talking about those time scales, yeah. In my intro geology class, right, the first day of class, we, he sat us down, made us work through some, this math problem, and it was basically calculating um, on a geologic time scale where that exact moment of us being in the classroom was placed on a geologic time scale, yeah. um, but scaling it down so that the entire time of Earth existing mm -hmm. was placed into a calendar year. Mm -hmm. So that we could, as humans, you know, uh, we could understand yeah. what that looked like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, as a whole year. Um, and I just remember, you know, that whole year being all of geologic time, um, human history was only like a 0. 0.00 seconds like away from the end of the year. Me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. <laughs> I say that to my son because it's wild. It's, it's terrifying, but mm -hmm. because that was the, one of the first things I ever learned in college. Yeah. How do you not think about that anymore? <laughs> yeah, you have to. And it's just, and it's also being conscious of history, not just yeah. human history, but yeah. the way this planet, our, our time on the planet and where we come yeah. from, because we do come from that, right? That's our, yeah. that's our, our ancestry. Yeah. We all come from yeah. the same animal. Um, but I think it's also because, uh, because we're on such a short time. Yeah. So uh, people have a really hard time with justice and, and not being absolved because again, we think too much in binaries and think we, it's yeah. either fixed or not fixed and rather right. than understanding it's a spectrum. Yeah. And, we're still going to be here. Yeah. And, and we have to act out. It's always going to be now. We always have to act now, but we still have to make yeah. time despite the fact that there are short time scales yeah. for the justice and the yeah. things that matter. Yeah. Because otherwise we're going to get eco-fascism. Right. And that's, a, that's something that um, the climate deniers have used traditionally. Yeah. To, to a certain extent. Yeah. Call anybody it's terrifying. It's terrifying. But then there's also this influx <laughs> of people who are saying, well, let's put up the borders. Migrants. Oh my God. The discussions, yeah. discussion around migrants as yeah. cause of civilization yeah. collapse right now yeah. makes me- It, it boggles the mind, really. It, it boggles the mind. Yeah. I'm really afraid about the anti-immigrant and yeah. sort of collapse rhetoric that will 
that will make people feel like they're entitled to forget that justice is, right. is as important as climate action, as yeah. decarbonizing. Yeah. Uh, and that scares, scares me a lot right now because I don't think, I think decarbonization is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Not sure how much, it's all about how much damage we're willing to accept yeah. first. Yeah. However, justice will always be a choice. It will always be an option no matter how warm the planet gets. Yeah. And some yeah. people don't think that it's not, that it, they think it's optional. They don't think that it's necessary. Justice is yeah. I don't know how those people would imagine living at at a time where I, I just how how do you imagine life to be that way? Like I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> I know that there are some big ecological thinkers that will talk about overpopulation, and that's yeah. something I yell about a lot. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, yeah population definitely has is a stress on the environment. Yeah. But also how we live. I mean, there's a yeah. big spectrum of, of sustainable population right. depending on what we do and how we live. Um, but when they talk about humans like a virus yeah. and when they and you know what you're doing is you're setting the stage for people to die at the border yeah. constantly and we already yeah. have enough of that right and if you read um there's a book called eco-fascism revisited which is about okay how nazis is it lessons from, from the german experience yes okay um how janet beale and peter janet beale and S- stodden meyer yes, yes, yes nazis saw themselves as natural is tied to nature yeah. and it's sort of this natural um inheritor of the earth yeah and and it allowed this sort of fascism and this um, national inheritance. And yeah. I mean, even if it was sort of ecological, yeah. um, it, it led them to do a lot of awful things. Right. And it they, just sounds like purity yeah. when you say purity, inheritance. It's, it's creepy. And so when we talk about purity, I think we have to accept the impure. And we talk, yeah. when we talk about um, people like Janet Haraway uh-huh. and other ecological thinkers who recognize that we have to stay with the trouble and that we have to learn how to live on a damaged planet. Yeah. Because there's no going back to purity. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think that you can keep your, in the middle of climate change, you can yeah. raise your borders and keep your natural right. resources and, and your own country pure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not worth it. It's mm-hmm. not about those people that yeah. you're sacrificing yeah. for, for your own connection of a right. planet. Like, they have absolutely every right to as well. Yeah. Especially yeah. in the global north, where the, the resources yeah. have all been stolen. Yeah, I mean, and and you and I are Canadian and and Americans. Like you yeah. and I completely understand the immigration, like yeah. conflict very well, right? But it it is the same thing that leads to ecofascism, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same thing. Yeah, that's something I I want to learn more about, right? And yeah. it's like the the ties between fascism and I don't think people understand what that is, you know. And it is no. very scary because we are experiencing. We yeah. are, yeah. and eventually, you know, the right is going to and caring about the caring about um, sustainability is not. Yeah, it, it's been politicized so that the right yeah. doesn't they try to push it away, but it's yeah. not going to stay that way forever. No, no. And, um, and even I mean, even amongst ecological thinkers that I won't name, but I yeah, I'm my nemesis. Um, <laughs> you know, it's already happening, and they, yeah. they're no, they don't have the power the deniers have. They don't have the power the fossil fuel right. Have. So it's just kind of like people ask me, why do you care? Yeah. Um, because I think decarbonization is going to happen and eventually yeah. this is going to be a bigger problem yeah. than the last. Since the IPCC yeah. 1.5 report came out, mm-hmm. then the panic that people are experiencing yeah. and the way that they're manifesting that yeah. or the way that they're taking to whatever solution they think is right, mm-hmm. scary. scary. Yeah. People are scary. Yeah. The, the, it, it's so scarier when there. the scariest thing is when I watch videos of, this is unrelated, but just, yeah. you know, um, like, a Karen or whatever, but like using that, but using yeah. it. Yeah. That is I mean, the most terrifying thing well, to me at least. Bundy's in Oregon, yeah. and they, that, that was an ecological purity. They think they had the right to the land, right? You know, Clive and Bundy, that's his name. He, 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 he took up 
presence in a national park and they mm -hmm. wanted you know, it's the libertarian we live off the land gotcha um and it's very much there and there there's a neo-nazi strain of environmentalism and yeah. purity mm -hmm. and it's the scariest thing because i grew up in hunting territory and it's a black mm -hmm. bush these mm -hmm. white guys would go up north and they would go in the cabin and they were basically militias and they were preparing for the end of the world yeah yeah and that's a reality in the U.S., you know. Actually, you know, and exactly yeah. this whole uh, environmental purity is not just a, right. a thing on the left, it's a thing yeah. on the right. Yeah. And when you talk about environmental racism, it's a narrative yeah. throughout history. And white people have right to the, 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 the earth in a way that yeah. marginalized people don't. Yeah, yeah. And that's what colonization is about. Right. So it's not going to go away. And we really have to be conscious yeah. of it. Even though we don't really like, we don't really like to have arguments with people that mm -hmm. we supposedly agree with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't agree with that guy. <laughs> I don't agree with the white supremacists. Go. Yeah. I don't care if you think that we should decarbonize. I want to no. know. That's no. You keep it's saying, terrible. yeah. You there are just certain things it. that I don't tolerate and, you know, some people tolerate it, some people don't. We've already tolerated enough of the intolerable. Yeah. And I'm That's done. All. And I am, yeah. I don't care if you're on my side. Yeah. I will not put up with that. Yeah. Shit. Because there are enough people on the other side. There's enough. Yeah. 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 We have enough. And if we, yeah. if we talk about inclusivity, and justice and we foreground that we will have everybody yeah. we need we just have to be able to redistribute the power so that yeah. they have a voice yeah i think that is the key thing you know yeah. that's that's the theme of the conversation sharing but, power yeah yeah, yeah. organizing that's what it is like yeah yeah and, and bringing it back to absolution i think it's an absolution of power like and it's an absolution of it's a vulnerability yeah yeah it is scary it's like i don't get to determine everything anymore yeah. on my own and it's yeah. scary but you know that's what we need to do yeah all we need we need and, and i genuinely believe that we can do this together yeah, yeah. um i very much believe in grassroots yeah. bottom up yeah um, and i i do believe we're going to do this right it's just about what it's going to look like and yeah. how quickly how much how much of the intolerable are we going to tolerate before mm -hmm. we do yeah, and I think we're yeah. going past the point where we should right, right. Where we should accept what's happening. You yeah. know, all of the death that we've accepted because of the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, no, yeah. Which no as, as if people are not talking about the death. They're not talking about deaths anymore. It is God. just completely out of the conversation well, that's now. Another thing that happens in climate comments is that we talk yeah. about these groups of people that are just yeah. dying. So we talk about yeah. six billion. You know, Roger yeah. Hallam. And this happens with, with a lot of the, the doomers. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get yelled yeah. at for this because I was getting <laughs> for yelling at doomers. So he's like six billion deaths by 2100. Yeah. And right. we talk about these people in, in like large groups of abstracts. people dying in yeah. abstracts. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just the mythologizing of the dead. Yeah. And it's also a way not to even look at them as people. Yeah. And so we're doing that right now. Yeah. I mean, the we're oil spill that just happened. Yes. Right. Nobody wants, yeah. Is that we, we are really good in order to be able to, fun to function in a really yeah. fucked up system yeah. is what we're going to be in denial about or what we're not going to talk about. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think speaking our grief and speaking about our yeah. fear and and justice is the yeah. system. Yeah. Well, I really applaud you for doing this. <laughs> thank you, thank you yeah. for doing the work that you're doing. Yes. Well, thank you for the yeah. work that you're doing. I, every time I see somebody who's also, I just I'm deeply grateful that I'm not alone, and that my son's not alone. I love yeah. the climate strikers because I know yeah. my son is going into a future with other people. Right. Here. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like whether or not I have a child on my own, it's something that it's I'm still thinking about. Care. No, I, I should. Yeah, it's up to you. Like, I have to make it better. Yeah, like, that's and that's it. what that's it is. It. And that's my thing. I don't care if you have a kid or you don't have a kid, but if you're going to yeah. have a kid, even if you're not going to have a kid, you're still responsible for all yeah. of this. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, people think there's no punishment for not caring, when in reality, the punishment is what we're living, you know. Exactly. This is, this and, is the know, punishment. And eventually it's going to come around and bite you on yeah. the ass. Yeah. You know, nobody, yeah. nobody's um, immune. Yeah. So. Right.
And that's it for episode five of Sustainable with my guest, Meg Breton Walker. I encourage you to check out her WordPress site again called A Variety of Meltdowns and follow her on Twitter to keep track of what she's doing to navigate the climate crisis. Hope you enjoy the show and see you next time.